yesterday, we went to see It Chapter 2. And you know what that means. We're going to talk about Carrie 1976. What a concept. Hey guys, welcome back to Capacity to Geek. Welcome to our third episode. Uh, yeah, I know last week we promised you guys we'd be talking about It. But we didn't really have a lot to say about that. How we've been trying to do this show for the past couple weeks is kind of like a movie review podcast. But that's not us. And there's hundreds upon hundreds of great movie review podcasts. We can probably spend an entire episode naming them if we wanted to. But we're not going to do that today. No. So we're going to try and change the format to the show a little bit. Back to our original concept. We're just going to be talking about and sharing things that we are deeply passionate about. And we're not going to worry about recent releases or anything like that. We're going to go at our own pace. And we appreciate each and every one of you who's listened so far, and each and every one of you who will listen in the future. So, with that message out of the way, welcome back to the show. I'm Alex, as always. I'm joined by my two friends here, Bobby and Walter. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. How you guys doing? Alright, so, like I said at the top of the show, we're going to talk about Carrie 1976, because... One of the things that I'm really passionate about is Stephen King. He's one of my favorite direct directors. Yeah, like I loved Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> this ATM called me and <laughs> actually that is a pretty good movie. Have you guys seen Ultimate uh, or Maximum Overdrive? I have not. I've seen stuff about it. I it's no the only film that it. he directed. Wasn't he like off his mind on cocaine the entire time? Oh my god, yes. I mean, this he was, was the off his mind on cocaine uh, for like most of his career. This was the point of Stephen King where he would just get drunk off of Listerine. <laughs> That's the point he was. Yeah, I went as Stephen King for I wish to be at that point in my life at some point. I went as Stephen King for Halloween one year, and I was basically just wearing a flannel, carrying around a copy of Carrie, and a bottle of Listerine. <laughs> oh, those were the days. But anyway, Stephen King, he's a very profound horror author. He's done a ton of books. Carrie, The Shining, Salem's Lot, Christine, Cujo, It, the list goes on and on. And this is probably not going to be the last time we mentioned Stephen King on this podcast, because at least Walter and I are pretty good fans of his work movie wise or book wise and uh bobby i know you don't like horror movies but um why don't we just start this show before we get into carrie just talking a little bit about how we felt about it because i remember uh before uh, i remember seeing it in theaters but uh our viewing together was the first time for both of you guys right yeah it was i thought it was a really good film I thought it was one of the better horror movies I've seen recently. And same with uh, Chapter 2. Yeah, And Bobby, you don't really like horror movies, do you? Yeah, but Chapter 1 didn't get me as much as Chapter 2 did. Chapter 1 had, like, it's one big scare that got me. I was definitely the It fan of the group uh, before we went to go see it. And um, the scene that got me was in the first trailer. When the little boy, Georgie, and they they do this again. They had it in a trailer for part two where he says something else, but he's just so scary when he, like, says something, but then he just starts repeating it. And then the first trailer for chapter one, he's like, you'll flow too, Bill. You'll flow too. You'll flow too. You'll flow too! But just the way they have him do that, and then the scene where Pennywise just screams and runs towards Bill. God, I knew I wanted to see that movie after seeing, uh, after watching the trailer. Yeah, 
That was definitely one of the better scenes from uh, chapter one. Yeah. I know it's also probably the, the climate of where you see these things. Like, we saw we saw this, uh, we saw chapter one in Bobby's room, but we went to go see it in theaters, uh, chapter two, in theaters, and I could just see both you guys just trembling and shaking at some of the scenes. I had to make sure I wasn't what throughout the entire thing because I drank way too much soda. Yeah. I wasn't. I just really had to pee. Yeah, I was pretty much glued to the back of my chair from fear and hyperventilating through a good portion of that film. And, I mean, I like horror movies, you know. I I prefer the slasher movies where there is a killer instead of, like, a ghost movie or something like that where it is just this supernatural horror. But um, I got... You know, I jumped a couple times during it, Chapter 2. It's a pretty good movie, in my opinion. It looks like we all kind of have some good regards on on it, so uh, we would recommend it, Chapter 2. It's probably going to be out of theaters by the time the episode comes out, but that's why we don't do recent movies. That being said, it, Chapters 1 and 2, coming soon. Why? Okay, it, Chapters 1 and 2, coming eventually. This isn't going to be the last time we talk about Stephen King on the show, but... Right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll cover Mr. King's oeuvre eventually, one day. But uh, why don't we start from the very beginning, guys? Carrie, 1976. I've seen this movie a couple times, uh, a good couple times. From what I can gather, I've seen this movie the most out of the three of us here. Bobby, you saw it a long time ago, and Walter, you'd never seen it. Right. Okay, so that qualifies it as a movie we can talk about on this podcast. And uh, so, initial thoughts on the movie... Bobby, I know you've read the book. Yep. Uh, holds up, for the most part, to the book, except for the few slight changes, such as, well, the character of Carrie. Now, I know I only said slight changes in the character, but of all people, they chose to play an overweight teenage girl. They chose Sissy Spacek. Nobody knows who Sissy Spacek is, Bob. Exactly. There was actually rumors that uh, Brian De Palma, the director of this film, held a double audition with another director working on another film around this time. Do you guys know who that is? No. Do you you guys want to care to guess? 1976? Jaws? Spielberg? No. I said director. Bobby, don't Google it. George Lucas for Star Wars? Yes. George Lucas for Star Wars. Why? This is an urban legend, but it was said that De Palma and Lucas were people who auditioned at the same time, and apparently De Palma, since he was already established in Hollywood at this time, uh, got first choice of uh, actors. So... As it goes, it said that Carrie Fisher originally was auditioning for Carrie, but she ended up getting the role for uh, Princess Leia. Wow. And uh, William Katz, who plays Tommy in this film, he, or- he originally auditioned for Han Solo. But he ended up getting the role of Tommy. It's never been proven if this was real or not. Another rumor was that Carrie Fisher was originally going to be Carrie in this movie. But uh, she felt uncomfortable with the nude scenes. But this is actually something that Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul, claimed to be false in her autobiography. She stated that 
Not only would she have been comfortable to do the nude scenes back then, she would do them now. Carrie Fisher naked. God rest her soul. Yeah, but uh, the first Stephen King novel is actually the first one that gets turned into a movie. Really? Don't figure out how that works. Yeah, Carrie is the first full novel that Stephen King uh, published oh. and completed by himself. That is a very interesting fact. Oh, yeah. And it's the first Stephen King movie. How long before the movie had he written the book? Or we go to our resident researcher. I believe it's probably a couple of years before. Maybe yeah, like that, that's usually how yeah. big, like, big time books go. Right, It's usually but, a few years and then adaptation. Yeah, no, Carrie was a huge hit when it came out. It was oh, a yeah. bestseller. New York Times... 1974. So only a couple years. Yeah. Only about two years. Yeah, the book was published in 1974. It was King's first full-on book. Uh, he said that his wife did help him write it. Because he did not know how to write for women, which <laughs> makes a lot of sense. You know, man in the 1970s, but... Uh, right. Sissy Spacek, Bobby, you mentioned before that she definitely plays the character of Carrie a lot different than it's supposed to be from the actual book, where she is not, in fact, an overweight, ugly girl, but just kind of a mousy, very skinny Shelley Duvall comes to mind. She would be in another Stephen King adaption, The Shining, a couple years later. Oh, such a good movie. It's one of my favorites, honestly. Can't wait for Dr. Sleep. Yeah, they decided to change it. And ironically enough, this change from the book stuck for every other piece of Carrie uh, media that we've gotten. I mean, unless you've read the book, you wouldn't know that she is this bigger, more ugly girl as King described her. Because the TV movie remake of Carrie, also just a very skinny, mousy girl... And the most recent remake with Chloe Grace Moretz. It's Chloe Grace Moretz. How are you going to make Chloe Grace Moretz ugly? She's, you know, not ugly. Right. This movie was also really uh, John Travolta's first major role to speak of, if not his first role. Oh, no, I think he did some TV stuff in the late 60s, but this is definitely one of his bigger roles. Right. I mean, God, John Travolta was in... Yeah, this in 76... Saturday Night Fever in 77, Grease in 78, he was... He was on fire. He was having the time, man. And really after that, like, the peak years in the 70s, he kind of had a dip. And then, really, he came back huge with Pulp Fiction. So, John Travolta's first role was on the TV show Emergency in the September of 72, where he played a fall victim... Which I guess, no better way to start your career than like, oh, hey, I fell out of a window or something. <laughs> and then he went on to play Billy in the film Carrie. And then he played Vinny Barbarino in Welcome Back, Cotter from 75 to 79. But... Um, in the 80s, he really only did a two-of-a-kind... Perfect start, co-starring Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Staying Alive, which was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. 
Are we going to forget about the Look Who's Talking movies? I was about to say, wasn't that in the 80s? Look, look who's, who's Talking, talking. and Look Who's Talking Now. And Look that Who's was, Talking uh, 90 too. 90 and oh, 93. Yeah. Oh, okay, so the... I think the first one was in, like, the late 80s. John Travolta really doesn't have a lot sure. to his name, does he? Why do no. people consider him a big star? I mean, um, if you think about it, this movie hardly counts, but Saturday Night Fever, Grease, uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, Face Off, that's about it. That's which, like speaking of Face Off, they're remaking it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be two Nicolas Cage's so, this time. Uh, oh, So you both God. remember how when I was talking during the movie about how Adam Driver can, like, do a John Travolta biopic. Yeah. Because, like, you know, same exact height, Adam Driver just has to keep the long hair and all that. Yeah. I don't see a John Travolta biopic coming anytime soon. Oh, God, I would not... The only John Travolta Travolta biopic I want to see is just the production of Battlefield Earth. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I want to see, man. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Why do people think John Travolta is a star? Uh, I mean, he played uh, Robert Shapiro in uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson. Ah, oh, jeez, I bet he did. I really think it's just because of that, the string of, like, successive years with being in huge movies in 76, 77, and 78. Oh, yeah. But Grease, I'm a total queen for Grease, guys. I mean... I might get you guys to watch that one day if you guys haven't seen it already. I've seen it way too many times. Damn it. I'd be okay with seeing it again. I would not. We won't watch it for the show. We'll just watch Grease to watch Grease. I love it so much. I hate it. We're spending a lot of time on John Travolta because I kind of feel like he's the only one in this film that actually had a career. Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie both got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. They competed against each other for this film. But not a lot of people are memorable in this film. Uh, William Katz, who plays Tommy, later went on to be the greatest American hero in the early 80s. But uh, a lot of the people in this film didn't really stand out. Sissy Spacek, I know her mainly because she did the audiobook, not just for Carrie, but To Kill a Mockingbird, which everybody read in high school. Yes. I think if you didn't read that in high school, there's something wrong with you. But if you didn't read it in high school, just so you know, there's a graphic novel adaptation of it. Check your local bookstores. Really? Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. I was uh, gushing out of that. I remember I actually had to read a graphic novel. I forget if it was in college or high school, but like it was for an English class, so we had to read out Mouse. Oh, yeah, Mouse. I've heard that one's pretty good. It's excellent. I'll take your word for that. Alright, so, um... Did you guys find this film scary at all? I found it tense. Less scary. It did have its moments. Um, very well-filmed scary moments that were essentially made to be scary. But um, overall, I've seen the movie twice. I've read the book twice. Um, While well, it had its moments, it didn't quite get me. Right. And uh, I was kind of looking at some of the scenes. Uh, definitely since this is Walter's first time with the story of Carrie, 
I was definitely looking to see if he, what his reaction to how the whole prom scene would go, because it definitely goes places. Walter, what did you think about the prom? I thought that scene was incredibly well done. I thought it was super creepy with the uh, the audio, the visual cuts. Just I thought all around that was one of the more well done scenes in horror movie history. Okay, but what did you think about it as a scene? Not we're not reviewing them film, Walter. What what what, what did you think story wise? I thought it was like. Like, did it throw you for a loop that that's what she started doing as soon as the pig's blood came down? Yeah. Yeah, that that threw me off. Um, the whole fire thing I thought was really freaking cool. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to see your reaction because it is definitely a twist. More or less a twist in the remake with Chloe Grace Moretz Moretz but if you don't know where the story's going you definitely get thrown for a loop yeah you know that they're planning something because the B story is Chris and Billy trying to obtain the pig's blood and in secret stuff the ballots and get Carrie up on that stage stage so they can pour pig's blood on her and you feel really bad for Carrie I mean, you know, I kind of feel like the three of us were kind of carries in high school. We didn't really talk to a lot of people. I mean, I talked to Bob a lot in high school, and uh, but I didn't really have a lot of friends. Especially the two years in high school after Bobby graduated, I still had two more years to go. And I, uh, you know, I found my own friends eventually, but it was Bobby there that really helped me out. Yeah, I had my small group of friends, but really, outside of that, didn't really make a ton of friends. I, I've made, in high school, I don't think I made any lasting friends. I think the ones I did know from then, I knew in grade school. Pretty much the same, aside from Alex here. Um, like, I feel working in the environment that I work in, I work in retail, I work couple towns away from where I went to high school. Um, it's almost like a high school reunion, but, like, you know, they recognize the face, they say hi, that's about it. Yeah. But poor Carrie, right when she thinks that things are going to go all right for her, and she's getting along with people, people are complimenting her outfit that she made herself, she gets that all torn away from her, but then... She uses her psycho powers to kill everyone. Yeah, and I think and I think it's really not poetic cuz it's really not. It's a really cool twist that because of the actions of two people, the entirety of of everyone in that uh, gymnasium lost their lives. Yeah, and they almost got away with it, but they decided to come back and try and kill Carrie by striking her with the car. But they get diminished very quickly. I remember in the remake, it was a little bit longer and a little more suffering, I think. They both get smashed 
interwoven. Pause. I believe they're both left to suffer a little bit longer, and there's an actual gas explosion that happens in the remake. It's actually a really cool, visually striking scene that happens there, but their fate is kind of the same. Um, There is a couple things omitted from the book. I read the book, too. I've listened to the audiobook as well, uh, narrated by Sissy Spacek herself. But, uh, for example, Sue is pregnant with Tommy's baby and is part of the reason why she's one of the only ones who survive is be she's one of the only ones who survives in the remake is because Carrie knows that Tommy's baby lives in Sue and Sue was just trying to do the right thing whereas Chris was trying to get a revenge on Carrie for an incident admittedly Chris started. They both kind of seal the fate of the entire town. It's a population of high schoolers. It's kind of sad. Do you guys think this movie is relevant today? With the whole message of be careful how you treat other people and just these kind of things. You know, with the stigma of mass shootings and stuff like that. I mean, back in the 70s we didn't really think something like this was possible but yeah i really think this is a relevant message that anti-bullying is such a big thing as it should be because you never know just how the actions of one person is going to affect the person they're taken against and could be a domino effect of all i just said this one thing it's harmless well that led to this person snapping and taking it out on everybody and yeah so if there's anything to take away from this movie treat people right for the love of god right it could definitely be taken as a precautionary tale Although fictional, and although, as far as we know, people who have, you know, telekinetic powers don't exist, it could definitely be taken as a precautionary tale because anything can happen. You have to be responsible for anything that you say or do. Right. So, all in all, the moral of the story, guys, is don't suck. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. And I think that that's something in any era. It's a message that can't be told enough. Be kind. Love each other. Be respectful. All right, that's getting a little preachy, Walter. All right, guys. uh, I think that's going to do it for us today. Um, Thanks for joining me. Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to be changing the format of our show a little bit. We're going to have our first movie fight. So, movie fights. How it's going to work is one person's going to be in the middle and the other two are going to show them a movie in two consecutive weeks and they're going to debate on which movie they prefer. So, for example, it's October. Halloween's coming up. We're going to show Bobby some of our favorite scary movies. So, next week is my choice. I'm going to show you Trick or Treat, Bobby. And the week after is my week. I'm going to be showing you 
I'd like to say we should place our bets the week before on who's going to win the movie fight. Uh, knowing Bobby, he doesn't like horror movies. He doesn't really like to get scared. He likes a good laugh. I think he's going to prefer Trick or Treat. Now, see, I would agree with you there, but I really think a lot of the nuances in Hush, I think he'll enjoy a lot of that. A lot of the uh, sound design. All right, Bobby, which one sounds more appealing to you? I mean, don't like getting scared, but I haven't gotten scared often. But I do like a good comedy. I guess we'll just have to find out next week. Till then, <laughs> thanks for joining me, Bobby and Walter. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys, wasn't that a great episode? Don't answer that. Anyway, the three of us are back. Say, hey, guys. Hey, hey. Hey, guys. And uh, we thought we'd start doing a little extra for you guys. Uh, we like to call Little Bits. This is where we find a random topic that we discovered this week, and uh, we talk a little bit about it and just shoot the shit about it for a little bit. Uh, we're going to try and keep this mainly uncensored and unedited. So, yeah, viewers' discretion advised. So, uh, while we were actually recording this episode during one of our breaks, boys, I stumbled upon a new game on the App Store, uh, Nickelodeon Super Brawl Universe, and I thought it'd be appropriate for us to talk about this because our first two episodes were based on Nickelodeon shows, Rocker's Mon- uh, Rocco's Modern Life and Invader Zim, and uh, we definitely liked one of those more than the other, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Nickelodeon Super Brawl Universe, it's a fighting game for mobile devices. Um, yeah, I stumbled upon it while on an ad at Instagram. And with a name like Super Brawl Universe, you'd think that this would be like Smash Brothers, right? You'd think. Definitely not like Smash. No. Yeah, no. No, no. Not even like uh, Brawlhalla, that's another popular game, right? It's like a Flash version of Smash. Uh, yes and no. Um, I played a good chunk of it. Think of it like a low-budget Smash, but plays somewhat better, and has a lot of, uh, promotional characters like every other month. Right, I, I hear they have Adventure Time characters and Rayman. They did Adventure Time, they did Rayman, they have a WWE thing going right now. They have Hellboy. Yeah, they have Hellboy. They got oh. Hellboy. Wow. Well, anyway, uh, this doesn't play like a Smash Brothers game. It's more along the lines of some of those mobile fighting games, like the Injustice game, where yeah, your main control set is just mashing either side of the phone. And uh, just really quick, I just wanted to talk about this cast of characters that they decided that for their roster. So, um... <clears throat> Why don't we uh, why don't we go through this uh, cast of characters real quick and figure out um, if these characters are fighter game uh, or are fighting game worthy? No, not fighting game worthy. Bobby, what's that thing uh, about competition? What what are we making an Evo joke right now? Yeah, we're doing an Evo joke right now. What's it called? OP? Pogtrail? No, okay, hold on. So, I thought we'd take the time right now, just the really quick, uh, you know, rapid fire. We're gonna try and do a tier list of the characters on this Nickelodeon Super... Who is playing the... Bobby. Sorry. I mean, I have it open, but I'm... Right. Oh my god, I'm not... Okay, let me try this again. 
So, fellas, I thought we'd take a moment and look at this character list, and uh, we try and make a tier list out of these Nickelodeon characters on this roster. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we're taking it from the App Store. Uh, the Apple App Store has a picture with, I hope is not the full roster, but I'm pretty sure with this quality of game is the full roster. How many is it? Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Twenty-four characters. I mean, still better than the uh, Power Rangers fighting game that was mobile only and that, and they made, like, what's basically an enhanced port of it for console and PC. Right. Okay, so, um... (laughs) Hold on, pause. So, without further ado, guys, we're going to look at this character roster, and we're going to go through A, B, C, D, and S. Is that the official? S would be top tier. Yes, S is top tier? S would be the OPs. Okay, so you guys just say very quick one-sentence argument on what tier this character would be after I shout it out. Okay. And it looks like there's alternate skins. For these characters, we'll just say that they belong into the tiers that their respective characters belong to, because apparently there's a lot of them. So, first one, obviously, is Spongebob, and I would call that the Quickster, and Abrasive Spongebob as his skins. Um, uh, it's Spongebob. Yeah... He'd probably be a lower tier. But at the same time, it's Spongebob. It's a celebrated character. I so. don't... I don't think he'd be S tier, but I think he'd be, like, right below. I think I'd say, like, B tier. Yeah. Not to be too generous. Yeah, B tier. Alright. Maybe make him a little quickly, because we're about to hit the 40-minute mark. Balls. Right. Okay, so, uh, Patrick Starr... D tier. D tier? Yeah. He's probably super slow. Okay. Uh, Sandy Cheeks. I would say A tier. S. S. You'd say S. She's trained. She's probably a machine. Get ready, boys. Squidward Tentacles. S. S? Yeah. Multiple tentacles. You you could probably break that super easy. Ideally. Okay. It'd be S tier. We have all four of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Rise of TMNT. The newest series. Uh, uh, C-tier. C-tier? All four? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. We have several characters from The Loud House. I don't think either of the three of us know what The Loud House is, so let's just no. say that they are F-tier. Yes. They all suck. All right. Oh, m- my man, Tommy Pickles. S-tier. 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 Absolute S-tier. He can... He'll take that wrench out of his diaper and beat you with it. All right, Angelica Pickles. She's a bitch. C tier. C tier. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck her. Arnold Shortman from Hey Arnold. Um, um I want to say C tier because he's just too nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Helga Pataki. S. Yeah. S. Yeah. S-tier. That unibrow. Yeah. Rocco. B tier. B tier. B tier, yeah, definitely. Uh, Heifer? Possible S tier with how big he is. He could be super strong. 
Right. He'll just ruin your life with his farts. I just realized right now that Rocco's last name is Rama. Probably should have said that in episode one. Yeah. All right. From the Invader Zim franchise, we have Zim and Gur. Zim's probably the more powerful. But at the same time, does Zim ever win? This is true. D tier. Yeah. D tier for both of them. For both of them, I, I I'd say Gur is at least a beer. B. Yeah, I'd say Gur would be B tier. B tier. All right. We have. Aang from Avatar. S tier. S. Korra from S. Also S. Alright, guys. Cat Dog from Cat Dog. S tier. Yeah. Wait, no, hold on, no. Dog S tier, Cat C tier. But they're one character. Still. Alright. Jenny, also known as XJ9 from My Life as a Teenage Robot. S tier. S tier. Yeah. S tier. We're being too generous, guys. We really we are. are. We're filling up this S tier. Uh, Timmy Turner, F tier. F tier. F tier. But yeah. Clef the Boy Chin Wonder, A tier. You yeah. just said we're yeah. being too generous. A. A tier. All right. Danny Phantom. I don't want to be generous. A tier. A tier. I think Danny Phantom would be A tier. Kid Danger from Henry Danger or Adventures of Kid Danger? Shit tier. Yeah. Shit tier. Like, bottom of the bottom. Alright. So, that's an interesting roster. It's good to know you can fight babies. (laughs) And also animals with cat dog, and half the roster is animals. I'm sure PETA has something to say about this. PETA and DCFS. I just can't wait for the PETA parody of this game. <laughs> you know, like uh, Pokemon Black oh and Blue. Oh my god. Oh god. Um, okay, so what characters, if they did downloadable content for this game, or like a season two, like we're getting for Smash Brothers, we're getting another fighter pass, who, who do you think should be in here? I'm telling you right now, I need Ginger from As Told by Ginger to be in this game. Chucky Finster. Chucky Finster. I'm- I'm pretty sure Chucky's actually already in this, and did you see, did you not see, like, the intro to the game? Is he playable? I mean, he might be at some point. Maybe. I have a feeling that list he might is, be. uh, Chucky Finster is the Waluigi of this series. <laughs> <laughs> because we also found out while researching this, this is a series. The original ones were on Flash, on the Nickelodeon website, or on different Flash sites. This is the first official mobile version of this game so yeah that's a that's a little something you can go home with alright guys we're really gonna sign off this time uh, see you guys next week for Trick or Treat bye Carrie Fisher and that Slave Leia outfit really helped Walter many a nights <laughs> not as much as Jabba the Hutt <laughs> what'd you say? Oh, that's getting cut out. (laughs) Alright, um... Bobby, do you... I mean, hold on. Walter, do you mind not scratching your nuts while we're recording? It was my thigh. (laughs) They chose... Pause. What What are you looking for? Sissy Spacek? Yeah. Where is it?
You were talking. I know I only said. Jesus Christ. Come on, Bob. Get your together. Walter, go fuck yourself. Resume.